Amen, Maester Amen. You're here. You're so young. You told me my fortune. Nah. Okay. Everybody give it up here. Thank you yeah. so much. Sir. I'm going to choose this microphone instead because it's so close to Micah. Hey, uh, has anybody out here ever listened to our podcast before? Well, that's more than I thought. Awesome. Nice. How is everybody? Is that so? Sounds very excited. We want to thank you all for coming out today to this time of day. We realize it's the last event that we've so we do appreciate you not going to have dinner just yet. Yes. We, uh, we plan on eating directly after making this show. We've been told that we must go to St. Elmo's. Does anybody agree with you? I see some face nodding. I see some thumb nodding. Eamon's still talking. He's, uh, he really wants to talk to well, apparently Eric didn't pay him enough, so here we are. <laughs> if there was one of us that was a Lannister, it would be Eric's go. Look at his hair. Just look at your hair. The hair? That's the Who agrees with this? I mean, with brown, brown hair. And then blonde hair. It used to be a lot longer. You guys want to clap for everything. It's going to be a long show if that's the case. We've, uh, well, if you've been out here, I've been up here a few times uh, so far this week. These are my counterparts, my, my, some of my best friends. I have another one that is still yet to be introduced behind the stage. Uh, he, or he may be standing behind this banner. I think he could actually fit behind this banner. And uh, I just wanted to say, fellas, this is the first time we have ever recorded an episode of our show, 227 episodes in person. That's right. Ever. It's our first in-person show. You can clap for that one. That one's fine. That's you guys. That means you guys are our first in-person audience. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It also means that we don't have the fortune post-production. Yes. Yes. No post-production. This is what it's like, actually. <laughs> yeah. We always say, how can we start the show? Remember, we'll yeah. Yeah. all the times we start talking about other topics entirely in mm-hmm. Game of Thrones. Right. And then Zach picks like a tiny little like funny thing that comes out of that, and then puts it in over the music. And we don't think glitch. Yeah, we don't think glitch. Exactly. Yes, we don't think glitch. We don't think glitch. We don't think glitch. We don't think Yes, that was you. Exactly. I'm drawing attention to that video. Absolutely. Okay, so we're here to talk about Game of Thrones. Eamon's back at it again. Oh man. Fair work, fair wage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. <laughs> You're taking off your jacket. I'm taking off my jacket. I'm so soothing. Told you this. Uh, this is the first time I think we can speak freely about. I wanted to talk about Game of Thrones today, but I couldn't. Uh, we've been at the booth for the entire week. I've been here uh, since Monday. You guys have been here for a few days, but we've been at the booth the entire day PopCon, and we've been talking about Game of Thrones with all of you guys that are walking through, and it just seems like everyone is so ridiculously excited for tonight's episode, I think. Right? Right? Yes. That is going to be a show. Yes. Yes. That is going to be one show. Mm-hmm. It's hard to believe we're most season, uh, but at least I think everything that we heard going into it was right about the season just packing one punch after another. Right. Uh, I guess we are seven episodes deep now. We can kind of say that, I mean, it's delivered for the most part. Yeah. 
Flysa being one of the one of the things? Flysa, yes, Flysa, Liza and Flying. Yeah. Oh, they get it, they get it, they just didn't. What, um, what ended up, what music did you end up playing? Was Free Falling? Yeah, Free Falling. Yeah, Free Falling, something else. I'm not going to sing it this time. I believe I can. I believe oh, I can. Yeah. I missed our Kelly Food today. That was, that was good, that was real good. That's that's some great ideas. Of course, I keep thinking of ones that we could have used. And right. Now we need somebody else to go out the door uh, to play the, the music to justify it. But uh, I don't know. You guys think you guys should go out the door No. You guys. And if you know, don't say. You know. Is that like? Never mind. Just don't say anything. It's like never, in front of it. It would be like the coolest thing. I don't know. It's just the place grants them an ability yeah. to execute people in such a unique way. I don't think there are any monkey bars underneath you can like, fall out and hang there and be okay. If you go out the door, you're dead. I just touched my couple making the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, the word they care is now they can actually see my facial expression. Yeah, oh my god! Yeah. I'm just gonna look over here and watch you watch Eric talk. <laughs> Say something, Eric. Talk about Game of Thrones. So, Theon Gregory. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen, All right, without further ado, let's bring out our, our very, very special guest, someone who is uh, very special to the show because he just so happens to play a very special character, uh, Mr. Christian Nairn, a.k.a. Beautiful Christian Nairn, I want some music. Do we have any? Let's Blah, 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 blah. How are you? You've been up here a few times. Yeah. Good to see you again. That's mine. Let me have it. Come on. Oh, oh. Hi. 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 Say hi to this dude. Hi. That's better. You tired? Just a little. I'm going to be very honest <laughs> tonight. No, I have to say, um, and especially when it's more true for Zach, we first had you on the show during Horror Week. This last week, even this weekend, Mike and I are really getting to know you, getting to hang. Uh, it's really been like a second photo of me. Oh, that's good. Uh, I just have to say, it's a wonderful, wonderful Yeah, it's nice to meet you guys in the flesh, obviously. Um, well, kind of nice. I'm not yes. going to say that. Nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> that seems like so long ago. It really right, was a while ago. Yeah. Did anybody listen to Hodor Week back in the day? Yeah. There was yeah. a few of you. <laughs> Just a few of you. Just a few. Go back and listen. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I'm looking at Mike and Eric. This is just like, oh, this is The other thing is, so so great. is we can just have downtime and then just won't go in the show. Yeah, yeah, we'll be like, did you watch VSG last week? And be like, oh, yeah, well, I love the part where this happened. And be like, oh, by the way, uh, Ubreen is alive still. Uh, that's something to celebrate. You are alive still. I am alive. That is something to celebrate. I don't know if you're going to make it through the weekend. This is the last event at any popcorn. How crazy is that? It's very crazy. It's very crazy. It's been a good time for its first first year. Unexpected. Like organization, cool guests, cool panels. You guys see some cool panels this weekend? Woo! What about you? Yeah, I've had a really good time. I think I've been quite vocal about how wonderful Indiana has been and you guys have been awesome. Really, you might be the guys back home. You're very down to earth, very friendly. You have any uh, super interesting Hodor-centric, Game of Thrones-centric acting questions uh, through the booth so far this week? Oh yes, um, I've had all the usual, usual deep-searching questions like, "What's it like being Game of Thrones?" 
Speaking of, that brings me to our first question. Yeah. Yeah. What's it like being on Game of Thrones? <laughs> it's shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, obviously, do you want me to really answer? Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure you've all asked me individually. Basically, I've actually coined it in your phrase. It's changed my life in one word. A word. You know what I'm saying? I never thought one word would change my life from top to bottom. And that there's nothing about my life that I'd say it was almost four years ago. When I only took like five letters. Wow. So as a follow-up, what's it like to say one word all the time? It's thrilling. Uh, well, it's, it's not just about the word, it's about the scenarios. Like saying Hodor in a bush with this prosthetic strap-on is, is different. <laughs> it's different from breaking someone's neck. A little bit, yeah. Although you can't kind of see the evidence of the sex fetish. I think that we could probably, someone in the audience can Photoshop that. Not this audience, of course, because you guys are all actually watching, but someone listening at home could, you know, theoretically do that if they wanted to. Really, it's a quest, their quest is in truth, you know, obviously it's Brad's quest, I would say, but with Homer, to find this mysterious power up north. Yeah. And it's a spiritual quest of sorts. It's also finding oneself and... Well, I'm not being biased, but it's actually my favorite storyline. I, I like yeah. the whole magical natural mystery sort of story so that actually is my favorite storyline yeah just mid-season and I'm sure all of you feel the same way um, maybe not exactly because this is all opinion based obviously but the arc with Craster's Keep so much of it being manufactured by the writers of the show after the fact really was something to watch I felt like we were in the middle of Game of Thrones and we got to see Byrne Gorman's excellent performance we got to see Carl Tanner really really step up and become this like really strange antagonist just I'm a legend. Yeah, I'm a fucking legend in Janani. Just like it was, it was, it was something that was special, I think, and I, I'm really glad that they brought you guys together with yeah. something that was happening so crazily, you know, north of the wall. Like that was that was cool to see. I, I, I didn't actually know it wasn't the books, but I remember reading reading the script. And I just thought, yes, right. Yes. I mean, this is cool. I mean, we spent basically the entire of season three camping <laughs> um, in various locations, so I, I, it was quite a it was quite a gear change for us. Right. I was going to say, what's that like? You just like sort of ride uh, to a cave or somewhere like, yeah, this is where they're at. Uh, yeah, this no, is it's really cool. But yeah, there's, there's plenty of cool stuff to come without saying anything. Yeah. Well, we won't even discuss the no. titles of the episodes because they're all, it's just like it's too titillating. Can I use that word freely here? Oh, yes. Titillating, I think. Yeah. Titillating. Okay, special. Yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> this is the last event, so it's like, well. Like, <laughs> you know, you, could you, happen. You, you can say Tilly, you can say Hodor, you can say Tilly. Okay. I guess the Turkish for them all, they know that. That's true. That's true. I that I have sworn openly on the stage before. Yeah. I think we all should. Shit. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? That is toilet humor. <laughs> so actually, we talked about questions about Hodor, about, about the character. There was one that was brought up by a good friend of mine, Andrew, who's in the audience. This is something that I only noticed today when somebody else had come up to the booth, um, which was obviously next to yours and asked. But they've covered up, so your facial tattoos, um, yeah. stars, they've covered it up with, uh, I guess, a scar that has been fairly prominent um, for the, uh, been around since the beginning. Yeah. Um, it's still there, I guess, in season four. Yeah. Okay. Is that something where we're meant to believe Hodor got his situation, his symptoms by an early blow to the head? Ah. Yeah, well, I hate the first of all. <laughs> but um, literally, during the makeup setup for season one, 
um, I was sitting in a chair with a makeup person who we were deciding what we we're going to do with Odor's face and stuff. I wanted like purple eyeshadows, of course. <laughs> <laughs> they were going to airbrush it, and I was kind of like, what about a scar? That was actually my idea. And, um, I want a cool scar. But after you gave me, just for me, it gave me a little bit of backstory. I mean, for my version of Hogwarts, so, yeah, I would say, without actually knowing it's true, that I believe it, it's part of his um, mental problems. Uh, maybe he's a stable boy who can be kicked by a horse. You know, I don't know. Right. A very or, small horse. Or dropped. <laughs> <laughs> dropped on his temple. Yeah, in a temple. That was the end of the time. Yeah, that would have been the most really time. Really had all right there. Just well, I like that because you know, head movements medically, you can recover from them. You can, you know, depending mm-hmm. on yeah, whatever happens with the head. Yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of changeable. It's always even for the writers. You can leave it open to whether Hodor ever sort of breaks out of his shell. Yeah, but I mean, it, and that literally is only my backstory. Um, it could be from anything. Sure. <laughs> you know. Sorry, this is backfire. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Damon, would you like to meet him on the show? Sure, okay, cool. Yeah, there's somebody who walked up to him and I was like, hey, uh, you're starting a podcast that the next couple minutes or so, it's right on the stage, and he was in the back. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, I was playing during the show. And I was like, no, will you do that? Will you come and play during the show? So this is your fault. He's like, you're acting so much, Damon. He's like, okay, cool. Come on in. Um, he did a good job with Game of Thrones. He did a great job with yeah. Game of Thrones. Backpacks have got to be one of the more different, difficult instruments to More master. different ones, too. It's also difficult to listen to. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's even worse hearing people talk about bagpipes, I think. There are still t-shirts that are suspended, uh, several several dangerous yeah. feet to the air back there. There are. <laughs> yeah. And that reminds me... Check out the segue. Does it remind you of King's Landing at all? Bold, Season one. Sort of. I was going to say it reminds me of how high you were holding Locke in the air before you snapped his neck sideways. What was yeah. that like? That was incredibly empowering. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, honestly, he was on a, obviously he was on a wire, I didn't lift him by the neck, literally. Uh, um, I don't have anything against the actor who played him. <laughs> um, it really did feel quite good, I'm not going to lie, really. It's, um, I'm not a violent person by nature, um, I think. Uh, but I really enjoyed that scene, honestly. Uh, maybe it was just because of a slightly different note, well, a hugely different note of a door, but... Um, yeah, that's definitely my favorite scene, honestly. We've seen a lot of comments on the web, we've seen a lot of comments from Twitter, we've seen a lot of Facebook posts, we've seen a lot of emails. Uh, it was the subject of many owns, obviously. Yes, yeah. yes, definitely got some owns there. But uh, your performance, finally getting to see Hodor portray such a, a broad range of emotion in such a small amount of time, I think really surprised and blew a lot of people away. Because, you know, up until this point, it's been a lot of the same. And we've gotten to see yeah. some really cool, like, remember the first time we had you on the show, we talked about your improvised Hodor. Yeah, that was a very small moment, but I think, I think acting is about that. It's, it's about the small moments rather than... So, I guess my question is, uh, beyond this, what was it like stepping into that space and finally getting to show? I feel like it's almost like Commander Data, where we have such a stone-faced look of him. But when he meets the Borg and then feels that emotion, yeah, and he feels anger. Like, yeah. that's, we got to see that. And I feel like, officially, the, we've seen Hodor in costume during Roast Joffrey say something and then have a mean face. But on the show, <laughs> that was really the first, like, I mean, it was, it was yeah. a pretty epic moment. Thank you very much. Um, it, it came alarmingly naturally. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've been waiting to do this. Yeah, how? Well, that's yeah, his voice. It was, it was very exciting. Do you feel the more that Bran morphs into Hodor, 
the more we'll get to see of him from a personality standpoint? Like, do you feel like it's going to open him up more to the viewers? Um, I have no idea if Brown's ever going to work again. That would be a spoiler, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, always tried. he is a sneaky bastard. You really <laughs> are. I try to work him right away. Never got away with it. Yes. Obviously, we've seen him do it to kill. Was it his car? So I thought I theorized. We'll edit it out later. Yeah. I theorized that he'd feel naturally quite betrayed. He's shocked. He's scared. That's what Grant has just made him do. So I assumed there would be some natural sort of resentment for that. I mean, it needed to happen, but I don't think he's happy. I think he's very confused and afraid. Um, he's a truly gentle soul, um, but I think he, I think he's smart enough to realize that, like when he saw Brown lying on the ground and. Obviously, he remembers that they're in trouble, and he had to snap out of it. Like he has, he, I think he feels a sense of duty to Brown, and that's what slapped him out of it. I, I don't think he particularly enjoys it. I would, I would think if he was consciously, if he could make the decision himself, uh, and he was aware of the situation and peril, I think he would let him do it, because he would, he would, he would know it was necessary. This is the Hodor paradox. Isn't it? If there's so much thought, if he's got all this range of emotion <laughs> happening inside of his mind, I'm serious. Where's where's you know the thought to, to say a different word? Yeah, I know. If there's so, I mean, clearly there's so much going on with this character. Yeah. There's a lot happening. I think he's, I think he's quite a complex character, to be honest. I've, I've always thought that. Um, I really hope. Uh, I don't know, honestly. I have no idea. I have no idea. I've, I've asked George. I've tried to get him drunk. <laughs> I've asked him well, something to my about Hodor, and he just looks at me and he's like. Hodor. Um, <laughs> fuck's that supposed to be <laughs> It's like you tell me. I will. Yeah. <laughs> so he's, he's tight up to that. But I think something will come out of it. I think he's too, um, not important a character, but he's in too many scenes. He's just there all the time. He's like, he's a sleeper character. There has to be something. Maybe not, you know. Or maybe not. Might, might just maybe I'll be fine dead. A pretty fixture. And yeah, it's, yeah, oh gosh. <laughs> That's where Michelle would have killed you. <laughs> yeah. So here, here's a question. This is one you also must get all of the time. I'm sorry. How tall are you? Man, I'm like six foot eleven. See, that is impressive. Yeah. Someone laughs. Somebody like, thinks I'm funny. <laughs> get off that feedback. Get over here. <laughs> so I'm just one inch short of seven foot. So. That's I, I, the reason I think that's a sense. You're kind of a, a mountain of a man. I am a mountain of a man. Are doing this now? Uh, we wanted to talk, of course, about the upcoming match between... What a segue. Eric and his transitions, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. That was diabolical. Clap. Yeah. Uh, okay, we can clap for Eric. We'll buy us a little time. We'll do it. Yeah. Hey. Look at that. Four, five, seven seconds. All right. Chris, you're aware, and anybody who's not aware, Booth is aware that we had a, a little sort of game going on, and the, the idea was, we have an upcoming trial by combat is happening on tonight's episode between uh, Tyrion's champion, who's the Red Viper, and Cersei, or the Crown's champion, the Mountain in his third incarnation, which I yeah. think is probably even taller and better than Yeah, I mean, only in, in, in my life, in Game of Thrones, have I been, like, dwarfed. Like he's six, he's right. seven foot six. Like what is that? Yeah, he's not he's not small. No, he's like he's half a foot taller than me. What a mountain! His his opening. I know we talked about it in an episode recently, but his. I'm now here to look at you boys when I say it. His opening just here's your flesh pile of people. Yeah. They're like, no, Lord, please, and he's just like just slicing it. Was, it. it was like batting practice. Yeah. That's what he was doing. 
Mm-hmm. They're just guts and intestines just wailing around. Oh, Cersei's got like heels walking through it. She's like, so, um, do you want to fight? And then he fights for her, I guess, that's going to happen. Right? I mean, you said it was like batting practice. I think it was more like T-ball. Yeah. Really. yeah. yeah. Just so, right yeah. There T-ball practice. Ooh. T-ball. That's a time waster right there. What, you T-ball? Mad. T-ball practice. It's on T. Sorry, I get to... You still have to learn the rules of the game. I was on T-ball There's for no like rules. two years as a kid, okay? Crowd by combat, okay? So, crowd by combat, we did the, we did the, we read the first story of Duncan Egg, which is the Hedge Knight, right? Yes. Yeah. You guys read the Hedge Knight at all? Uh, it's also written by George R. Martin. That's okay. But suffice to say, there's a very prominent scene uh, involving trial by combat. And this is something going back uh, several generations, yeah. maybe 20 generations, something ridiculous. It's 100 years ago or so? Uh, oh, oh, five generations then. But um, essentially, anybody, anywhere, is one of the rules of the gods that you have a right Tell us. as a, uh, any sort of person. This is Westeros normally. You have a right to trial by combat. And the idea, as stated in the most recent episode of Game of Thrones, is to let the gods decide your fate. If you are truly innocent of the crime you've been convicted, then either you yourself or the champion you have fighting for you will survive or will win the battle. Right. And then we thought that we would adopt that sort of, uh, you know, winner takes all, uh, let the gods decide by turning it into a game that we then played at our booth. Have you ever heard of something that was simple? It's a game crashing robots, but it's fucking fierce. So without further ado, let me get this here. Yeah, I guess I'll clap for Eric again. Oh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, look at this. Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Obreen versus Mountain Gregor Clegane. Your sister. I'm not sure if that was Baelish or... Do you hear that's Micah, man. I'm just copying Micah. Can you do it again? You've never done it again. Do tell your father I'm here. Oh, man, I don't know. I can't do it. Okay, fine. Too much pressure. So this is what happened. Now, I don't know who's going to win on tonight's show. I think it's pretty clear that Viper's going to kick ass. I mean, he's Tyrion's champion, and he's so charismatic. Tyrion's favorite, and I think we know... Tyrion's won before. Trial by combat. That's true. He's one and He is one and I don't know. They're setting him up to be this insurmountable character. You can't get past the insurmountable. Uh, he's not, but I think, really, I really think that the quicker and the smaller is going to work out. However, however, on throughout this whole weekend, we've been keeping a tally of the Luke Mob. This is, you know, 50-50 shot of Dr. Zaki Robots. We've been keeping a tally that uh, after all of the uh, over 130 games he has played um, at our table, at our booth, both over and under nine are dead tied. Are you serious? Dead Absolutely. Is this why we weren't able to look at it before we came this up there, tied? Mountain had a huge lead at first. It was unbelievable. And I was like, this is terrible for who I want to Because he was up by 20, 30 points. Right. There's some dishonesty as you can, if you like it. I left the booth. Did you show I'm telling you. Was it you? Did you show pain? Yeah, he just said that you were great. And they tied. How do you tie in the trial right now, man? Seriously. The gods are cool. I mean, this is just, uh, not only are we curious about what's going to happen on tonight's episode, but it seems that everyone has failed us here. So thanks, people. <laughs> Thank you. There's only one more thing yeah, to do, yeah, I think. Yeah. There has to be one more Yes, I think there is only one more choice, and that is someone's going to have to play Christian Nair in a game of Rock and Soccer Robots. You guys know This guy volunteers. Wait, we've got to have a method. There's got to be a method to this madness. Does anyone else... 
want to be a contender to be a contender in this contending? Anyone? Hands? All right, here's how we're going to decide. Uh, whoever says uh, the coolest Hodor, like the most emotion, the best acted, think about it. All right, like I judge. Sorry. Yeah, you're the judge. I judge. Because you do it for a living, so you should, yeah. Okay, front row, right here. Please give us your best Hodor. You can do it. Are you okay? All right, so I'm going to get her some water. <laughs> what you think? That was pretty epic. He <laughs> <laughs> stepped on something. Yeah. Away. There's one over there. Wolverine. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I just told him a joke. <laughs> Great over there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, Peter Malar back there. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. What kind of friggin' hold over that? Constantly <laughs> <laughs> Wow, grape juice. Okay, is that it? Yeah, I think I think that was all the Hodor. It's gonna have to be the like Emily Rose Exorcist Hodor. Yeah. <laughs> come up here, Emily Rose Exorcist Hodor. Come up here. Who's coming up on stage? Okay, clap for the Emily Rose Exorcist Hodor. We love her. And this band. Speaking of players, I'll play this in five minutes. I've never played it before. Oh, you want to come set where I'm setting? Get over here. Sure. Okay. Uh, uh, Courtney. Courtney. Yes. Courtney. Everybody, round of applause for Courtney. And Courtney is representing the crown or the mountain, as Christian represents uh, for Dorn, the red Rider. I've got a pretty rad selfie up here. I'm pretty into this right now. Oh, yeah. Selfie, selfie. There's actually somebody pointed out, Camille and Kennedy, the hard to point out, he's actually got an extra torso. Because his torso is in his headshot. It's taped to the body. But uh, he is a tall guy, so it actually works out. This is for the, the gods. And since the gods will decide who is going to win this battle, are they? All it takes is a single block of gun. I think Courtney Christian are going to decide. Alright, anyway, here we go. Three, two, one, go! That's not fake, that just happened. <laughs> <laughs> That's good to meet you, the Alright, Courtney. Thank you, Courtney. Wow. Thank you. Right of applause for Courtney. Wow. Well, I'm just saying, I've seen this red shit lose so much. All con. And everyone <laughs> says it's, it's, it's like, oh, you know, like, you guys are trying to get him to lose. Because it's so easy, because really, but he's... That was, that was a swift victory. I've seen games last for about 30 seconds, which considering the nature of them, I mean... I'm Belfast, not. I know how to fight. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. And I, 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 you haven't even played that yet. And it's Never know. Yeah. It was fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should just go again. No, 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 no. Best of three. Okay, no, 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 no. no. It's been decided. That's what's going to happen. So, that's fun. Yeah. So, I think that's it. No? Is it? <laughs> do we have more to talk about? Well, we do have a very special guest. I mean, let's let's not forget. I know that we've been hanging out with, with, with Christian all week, and it's been fun and blah, blah, blah. But uh, we've been really looking forward to getting you back on the show, and we saved it for this moment. Yeah. So, I think that not only should we take this opportunity to reevaluate ourselves and think about what just would we say to Christian Aaron being on Game of Bones? But also, you guys out in the audience, this is a great opportunity to think about anything specifically you'd like to be said, shared, asked, 
and maybe you can be the person to kind of like try to tempt him in the direction of things instead of Micah all the time. Yeah. Like, Christian already knows anytime I ask a question, it's just no. Yeah, it's like he knows how your shit works. <laughs> he knows your game. All right. So, yeah. do we want to open the floor to questions? Do people want to uh, say some things directly to this man? Because after this, or these guys, or that, after this, it's over. the The popcorn is finished. Things are things are loading up. It's it's all the sad. shirts they, they came down on. Did they? Oh my god! It's literally during the show. The bagpipes are gone. It's all very sad. Uh, so, question for you, sir. Uh, I know you only have one line in the show. Yes. But do you actually practice that line? Because I know a lot of acting is actually nope, not at all. Before, I mean, beforehand I had like mad paranoid bites about you know. I'm going on to an HBO show. Um, I'm not exactly the most experienced actor in the world. HBO are going to fucking hate me. You know, and I'm going to say this wrong. <laughs> so, I did a million different ways how to say it, which I'm not going to demonstrate. Um, but then I just decided it's not, it's not, I don't think it's the word the Hodor, it's, a, it's, a, it's an exclamation. You know what I mean? It's more like, it's more like a reaction. Well, it's, it's more, that's what I think. I think, I think the Hodor and um, RL, Real life, Hodor, are um, yeah. slightly yeah. different. <laughs> Sorry, you'll play games. <laughs> Real life, Hodor, are slightly different in that respect, where my Hodor is definitely more body language than it is by that, that word. I practiced in, in, in the first hand, and then decided not, it's not necessary, really. That's a good question. That was a good question. That's yeah. a great question. No one's like, Bob, come on. Yeah. yeah. All right. What about you, Peter Millark? Choose 50% of your body by mass to be sausage. What? <laughs> Which 50% would you choose and why? If you had to choose 50% of your body to be sausage, that's by mass, by the way. By sausage? To be sausage, yes. 50%. What would you choose of your body to be sausage? Okay. Why? Is okay. Everything would function normally. Would it be any weird smells? Then it's not sausage. Yeah, yeah, and it's not sausage. No, Peter. Well, it's also the question that is, I'm going to have to choose the upper half because if there's any chance at all that my ears would become sausage, I wouldn't have to listen to questions like that. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's the awesome question, yes. That's original. That's original thought. I like that. <laughs> no, that's good. It's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's very titillating. Yes. Hello. Hi. Hi. I try to answer this slightly differently every time, but I mean, the first couple of seasons, my favorite character was very much Varus. Um, I love Varus. Um, I think he's a really complicated character, and obviously, I want to play a character that's really different to Hodor. Um, uh, but now it has to be. Obviously, in, in my mind, I'm not really, I don't fit this part, <laughs> but Arya, I think Arya's a fantastic character, um, and Maisie is just bringing her to a different level this, this season, I think. Um, it's incredible. So I'd like to play a character with that. Yeah, awesome. Any, uh, any comments, gentlemen? What do you guys think about uh, Christian as Arya? <laughs> it would be awesome. Can we just think about that for a second? I would like to be the hound man. Oh, I'll uh, be yeah, all right. Really, really, you stand up for a little tiny needle. Oh, that's geographically. 
Um, some are warm. <laughs> I mean, we have a very miserable, miserable path through the swamps and then up into the sort of cold nether regions. Yeah, I'd probably take them to um, the, the brothels of King's Landing and teach a few things about life. Oh, Hodor and Patrick walk in a brothel. Yeah. Oh. That would be, that, yeah. that's a fun time. That would be fun. He's a big boy. Yeah. That may or may not have happened in real life. <laughs> well, uh, can we answer that question? I think, well, what's it? Where would we like to travel in, in Westeros? Oh, I know geez. we weren't asked, but God, yeah. just, <laughs> just thinking about that, I just never even uh, considered it. You almost can't say Essos anywhere in Essos because Yanni is on her conquest. I want to go where she is. She, yeah, I do too, but you can't. Of course, yeah. She can't control her dragons, man. Her dragons are way too big for her, and they just ravage the countryside. They set fire to sheep and people, and uh, just tell us how you feel, Eric. <laughs> Jeez, you're responsible for that moment. Jeez, God. Yeah, you rain those dragons in. Yeah. What about you, Micah? I don't know. Really? Because I'm thinking about cars. I'm thinking about fire mages climbing ladders. I'm yeah. thinking of all the people hawking their wares on the docks. You know, all of the, uh, the crazy, irresponsibly inappropriate paintings on the side of the buildings. You know, when you're, when you're heading into the city, the rings and cars. Bravos seem pretty cool. Yeah, oh yeah. Was, yeah, oh, yeah, because yeah, let's put it together for Bravos. Yeah, come on. You gotta clap for Bravos and the bank. I would hate to be growing up like poor in Bravos. That would suck hardcore. Yeah, I bet they're very generous there to the uh, vagrants. Yeah. But uh, I think Dorn, really. Dorn, uh, where we have seen. You've never been to Dorn. You've never been to Dorn. But Dorn seems like the coolest place in Westeros. They're chill, they have really good wine. You always hear about Dorn's wine. Yes. And maybe over in his little bottles. Yes, Dorn's wine. He did bring a few caskets of his, uh, casks. Is it casks? Yeah, with a K. Caskets. Caskets full of wine from Dorn. And didn't you also say that they defeated the dragons or something like that a while ago? So there was a line about that. There was a line about that. And I'm afraid of dragons. Uh, yes, you are. You were very scared of dragons. I'm glad that they're not real, Eric. Otherwise, <laughs> you would have a terrible smell in our hotel room. That's oh, not well, I I'm not going to get into personal stories. Oh, here. Shade, Let's not. Well, we'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to know who would you put on the If you could write it, who would you put on the Iron Throne, Christian? Um, yeah, well, obviously. Obviously, someone's like Hodor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think he's only a compassionate person in the entire Westeros. I could, I could sit here and argue a valid case for Hodor, but I'm not going to because that's boring. Um, I actually think Brienne of Tarth would make a really good ruler. Um, I think she's strong minded. Was that Brienne? Come on. Actually, do you want, I, I, lady. I consistently say that Hodor is the only person with any integrity and, and soul in, in Westeros, but I think Brienne of Tarth is another one. Podrick. There was never more yeah, than Squire. That's true, that's true. But I mean, particularly Brienne, I think it's an amazing character. Um, and do you think she'd uh, adopt uh, Hot Pie as the cook? What? Hot Pie as the cook of Westeros, man. Well, yeah. yeah. Why not? <laughs> At the convenience end, where Hot Pie is the head chef. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> There's a great email someone wrote in. Yeah, that was that was really funny. I think yeah, Hodor could make some pretty scary babies. Oh God! WWF <laughs> team. Well, maybe I don't know. I know that we have some uh, some danger coming down from the north, and this is something that I feel like Mike has hinted at, you know, in his subtle ways. 
Um, we don't necessarily clearly have an answer, but we know that there's, what is it, like, there's rolled steel four-inch bars uh, underneath the wall. And that's it, that's it. We're not, we're not flooding the tunnel, we're not icing it over. I'm just getting scared thinking about what's going to happen at the wall, because right now I feel like we're in such a safe place. We've made it seven episodes in, and yeah, some stuff's happened, but we heard from Brian Cogman that uh, eight, nine, and ten are going to be pretty intense. And right now we're at a convention. We're doing a live podcast in the middle of the season, and it's just like the feeling is it's just been just buzzing at the Game of Thrones corner all week there on the expo floor. People are very, very, very excited to see what is happening with the rest of the season. I know we are. It's just going to be crazy. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, you have, like, what, 100,000, 200,000 people coming to the wall from the north to escape the White Walkers, who are coming right behind them. 100,000 men, yeah. And they need to get over the other side of the wall or die trying. I mean, you guys have seen World Wars League. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dude, that would be, yeah. So, I, uh, I have to be careful when I say what I'm more interested in is how many people have read the books and know what's coming versus have just seen the TV show. Gonna clap and raise your hand. That's, That's hard to do. That's pretty good. Okay. Hi. Uh, I was wondering what the audition process was like playing like, more. Well, I did an audition for a movie called Hot Fuzz. Um, about yeah. Strangely, which um, Rory McCann ended up getting the part for, which is weird. Um, so um, the casting director uh, remembered me for the part of Hodor and I got called in the middle of the afternoon. It was just fucking bizarre. Um, I was going for lunch with my friends, I remember this very well, and my then agent called me and said, we need to find a child. Normal <laughs> 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 well, thing your agent would say to you. Yeah. We need to find a child for you to carry um, and put you on tape. And um, they, So they took me to this 40th birthday party. Um, it was like uh, the parents of the children were sort of ringing around the garden, just off camera. And I was carrying this child around, and they'd set up maybe seven or eight different people to shout Hoda at me, and they wanted to see me react to different emotions, um, that sort of thing. And then I had to lift the mahogany table above my head to show that I was strong. God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then after that, there was another, knowing HBO, probably about 14 different camera tests and auditions and meetings, and then you get the part. <laughs> wow. Yeah, thank you very much. That's a great question, yeah. yeah. That's that's a song and dance right there. Yeah, that's a song and dance. That that's is. a rigorous auditioning process. Would you consider doing Shakespeare? Um, yeah. Any Shakespearean theater acting, that sort of thing? I mean, I'm definitely pursuing and have actively avoided doing anything similar to Hodor in the future because, you know, I'm, I'm a musician and I've got, I've got a few strings to the bow. I'm, I'm, you know, being, being a, a silent actor isn't really one of them. Um, and I think if I'm going to play another side of the part, I think really Hodor is kind of the pinnacle of that part. I don't want to do anything less than that. So uh, I want to do something very different next. Um, so yeah, I would definitely would look. I've studied Shakespeare. I would love to do some Shakespearean part. So. You got something for me, Eric? Is that what the question was for? Uh, well, you know, I, I think uh, like uh, Gratiano, Venice kind of area, kind of very jovial character. I just have to do a dark character. I, I want to do a dark character next. Dark character. Yeah, so, someone pretty pretty nasty. Okay. Those are the most fun parts. I mean, like those are the, the scenes in season four being stabbed and all that kind of stuff and spat on. And, 
you know, it's, and those are the those are the most fun parts. Right. Like, I can imagine that was the yeah, emotional experience. And all the extras and stuff she were taking part in the scene. They kept asking me, "Are you okay? Are you okay? I'm loving this." You know, I mean, they were getting really freaked out. They thought it was really happening. I was like, "No, this is really cool." <laughs> Spit on me. That's <laughs> <laughs> where we've seen the bulk of your uh, your character this season. It, he's been casually placed inside of Craster's Keep, if you will. Well, I mean, <laughs> what, what, what was it like? I mean, what was the, the atmosphere in a place like this? We got to hear so much about it from Brian, who I know is a, a frequent set visitor mm-hmm. and, and, and very involved in the process. But, you know, obviously being on camera for all this, I'm wondering how many times you had to hear the speech and how long you had to stand there in the circle of evil people when they did terrible things to you. Quite a while. Did it, how did it feel? <laughs> I mean, I, sh- I mean, I feel like something like that. Like you're you're getting stabbed. I'm assuming with a rubber spear, something less dangerous. For certain shots, did you replace them with wooden spears or the real thing? Right. You know, the sort of it has to look real. But yeah, it, it is. It's, it's intense. It's definitely intense. And you're definitely ready for bed at the end of the day. Um, usually, when you film the harrowing scene or whatever, you, you don't go out for a drink afterwards. Everyone's sort of retired to your trailer or your room. Um, but yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a pretty dark place, but it's fun. It's, it's rewarding. We don't know where you go next. I think Micah may have an idea, but with the departure, Micah, out of spoilers. <laughs> I just feel like, it, especially for myself, it's such a mysterious thing moving forward, and like I, I, I can't say I have any idea of what question to ask because all I know is what I've seen in the visions, yeah. and uh, from that, there's not much to ascertain. I mean, we. We know that it is a mystery, and uh, what we come to expect usually isn't what actually happens. I think, I think it's great, though, that it is a mystery for yeah. people who you know have read the books and what happened to Craster's Keep doesn't really happen in the books, so the fact that they were willing to make that change, you know, it's, it's different for those who have read the books now, not necessarily knowing the 100% certainty this is where these characters are going. Yeah. So I, I really like the changes I mean, I know it pisses off some books fans, and we're all very grateful to the big fans, because without the big fans, we wouldn't have a show, and they've been supporting us since the start. Um, but I, I do think that, I do think David and Dan know what they're doing, um, and I think the changes... Yeah, I, I like that it keeps it fresh as well. No one can cockily state that, oh, I know what's going to happen now. Right. I think it's, it's a surprise for everybody, but I, I think they will, I believe, without any spoilers, this is my belief, that they will stick to the stick to the main points of the storyline. I mean, they might combine a character here and there, or kill a character early or slightly late, but I, I think in the, in the main gist of the storyline will be very true. Well, that, that makes me just think of how did you feel uh, at the end of episode four when we got to look into, uh, I mean, you guys all know what I'm talking about. Yeah. The icy north and all of the, the, the terribleness that it beheld. I mean, that, that was something that no one would expected and it happened, and I feel like we were all changed because of it. You know what I'm talking about, guys. I had to change my shorts. Oh, okay. <laughs> you were wearing shorts when you watched it. That's good to know. <laughs> I just think, you know, in the book, George is the master of holding stuff off and cliffhangers, and, you know, there can be things hinted at in a book subtly that maybe you can't do on a TV show, but I think for the, 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 the bulk of the TV audience, you need to see something more definite something like a hook from the future you know what I mean it's, it right. sort of brings it into the present and so you can sort of see what's going to happen um, it, it makes it better it makes it more sense in the TV show to keep people hooked you know what I mean right absolutely yeah. I mean I definitely think it was a, a surprise that that got the intended result yeah. a lot of people were talking I mean we're talking about it right now oh even, even Kate who's on her show um, said you know she doesn't it was the first episode that she 
for that reason that she, you know nobody wants to know everything that's going to happen, how it's going to play out, because it's already there both in the book and in your imagination when you're reading the book. So being surprised in such a cool way for a reveal. And Brian has said, well, you know, again for pacing for that whole longer story that's such a slow burn in the TV, you need that hint. You need to continue to say this is continually an issue. Right. Um, and so that's why it was. But, but I think that. Uh, I think that everybody was impressed again by that. Yeah. Well, for example, my mom is a huge. She, she reads like a book a day. She's a real fantasy fan. She reads all David Gamble. Uh, she's a huge George R. R. Martin fan for years, and she's read the books maybe ten times each before I ever got the part as well. Um, and even she says, "Come on, George, we want the dragons. Like, bring them across the sea and bring the fucking White Walkers down." Just like, Hurry up, I, want I think the show is. Just speeding up slightly. I think that's a good thing. Well, I just want to say that it has been a very strange to not only uh, be here and recording the episode with these guys, but to have all of you guys here joining us. So thank yeah. you for coming thank and you. being thank a part you. of all of this. It's uh, it's been very cool. We had like the entire week to lead up to it. So very very cool. Very yeah, cool. I really like it. It was sad to come back. Everybody here is very friendly. Very very friendly. Well, he said that's a lie. That's a lie. Well, the people that I met that were friendly were always staff and my struggles. They kind of get paid by nice. But I've found them very polite. Before we close, we have the new Owns. Are we doing Owns of the Con? Owns of any Popcon? Right? Is that what we're going to do? And there was this person dressed as a cat walking around. I think she, she owned the Con whether she wanted to or not. Yeah, no, she definitely owned the Con. You remember Yeah, the I totally agree with that. Cat, actually, cat girl. The, the cat girl in character. <laughs> 24-7 <laughs> Brian's like, oh god uh, So that's you? Cat girl? Yeah Okay, okay I'm going to the room to aim in the last minute Okay Okay, I would give it to those people that are sword fighting right in the back There's a sword fighting in a live podcast That is something Yeah, just keep up with it I don't know I'm going to have to give my own to, and this is so uh, sentimental, ridiculous, but to uh, the guys that put the con together. It has just been, it has been a a fabulous week. They have really taken care of us. They have really been so gracious and so, so helpful. And uh, we, we couldn't be happier than to close out the thing and bookend this uh, really fun experience because it's been a real treat and we're glad to have met all of you guys. It's been a lot of fun. (laughs) What about you? My own? Yeah, do you have me? I'm interested to hear this. I... <laughs> okay, I want to give my own to the guy who went to the cosplay booth behind us and had a huge boner. Oh, God! Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> Things you shouldn't close a con with. Oh, and that, that, that was my favorite story of the weekend, so... Yeah, that was a pretty damn good story, and it yeah. forever live on an infamy. my own boost to in our brains one day one day we have a guest we will tell the story one day so that's it we uh we make a show together and we made it together for the first time ever in person today with all of you so uh, again thank you for coming any pop comes over let's at least say that we've moved a crowd in Indianapolis everybody stand up and just move
Thank you.